1: Leading into this trade deadline, a lot of Chicago Bulls fans are hoping that A.K. and Eversley make moves that get the Bulls out of being in mediocrity. We're going to talk a little bit about the the decisions and things that have led the Bulls to where they are right now, plus preview the game tonight against the Blazers and dive into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, I'm the host Sarah Hayes, but more importantly you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content for today, so the Bulls, Um, listen, leading into this trade deadline, a lot of Bulls fans have their hope and, and you know that the Bulls are going to make this move, that is just going to make this team better, you have the Zach Levine trade market, things like that. And overall, uh, this may turn into a little bit of a rant because Bulls fans are frustrated. And the reason why they're frustrated, when you look at all the data, data, it makes sense. Since AK and Eversley and Billy Donovan took over the Chicago Bulls team, the Bulls have a 48.4 win percentage. Now, that isn't ultimately terrible, right? It's it's not the worst win percentage you're going to ever see in the NBA by far. I'm not saying that. There are a lot of teams that over those same four years have way worse win percentages. But then when you look at, at, at it by one, like we came in that first season, we knew that was a that was a season where A.K. and Eversley were really trying to evaluate the roster. We went 31-41. and 41. We followed that up, and we went 46-36 and 36 that next year after adding DeMar DeRose and Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and trading for Nikola Vucevic at the trade deadline the year prior. Now, that we all know that that season ended really rough for the Chicago Bulls, where they won like seven out of the like last 32 games, something like that. So a lot of those wins were done at the start of that season. Then last year, we went 40 and 42 for a 48 win percentage. And then so far this season, we're 21 and 25 for a 45% win percentage. So the Bulls have not had the success. And that is one of the reasons that this Bulls team is frustrated is that AK and Eversley came in here. They said they wanted to build organically through the draft, right? And they were going to develop and then we, they immediately pivoted off that plan by trading for Nikola Vucevic, trading a lot of that young talent. And even though the Nikola Vucevic trade, they did lose. I don't think they lost that because of Wendell, though. That two first-round picks definitely hurt in that. Vucevic has been a player that has disappointed in his play. Now, some of that is because of roster construction. When you add a player like DeMar DeRozan there and they occupy the same space that they like to generate their offense from, I know I talk about this a lot. Like, they literally start their offense in the same place. Now, they finish in different areas, but they start their offense in the same place, which is forced Nikola Vucevic to be out the three-point range. And this season, he's like a 25% three-point. Terrible, terrible. But, uh, you know, a lot of fans look at that Nikola Vucevic trade, and that is a big part of what they think the team went wrong on, right? And then when you look at that, We have a 48-win percentage over that time, and we rewarded Billy Donovan with a secret contract extension that Bulls fans still don't know how long that extension is. It kicks in next year. Hopefully find out over this. But then on top of that, AK set the standard that we want to build organically through the draft, and then we proceeded to draft a lot of, of young, raw players that have talent, and you can't write the story on yet the coaches has not have not played a lot of those guys right you look at patrick williams and Marco samonovic were the two first two draft picks on the scene patrick williams while showed tons of flashes and is still extremely young and has more than enough potential still this has not reached that ceiling uh, or or has not really developed in the way that the chicago bulls fans look at and they feel confident in where he's going to go and he's up for a contract extension this year now i'm not one of the the biggest critics on patrick williams i look at Kind of the things that have happened over his career. And some of it makes sense, but he's 22 years old. He just turned 22 in August, and it's still almost the same player, right? Yes, he's refined it. Defensively, we know that Patrick Williams is a dog. And it comes down to aggression level with Patrick Williams. That talent's there. Then Marco Simonovic didn't even make it really to any meaningful NBA minutes. He was in the G League for two years, turned around, he's gone now, he's out of the league, he's back in Europe. You drafted Io DeSumo, who this year is showing a lot of that potential coming off the bench, so we'll give you that one. Again, a second-round pick. I'm not really very hard on second-round picks anyway. Kind of is what it is there. And then Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry is this player that was, came into the league extremely raw, and while Bulls fans were ready to write him off as a bust after year one in which he played the least amount of minutes per his draft position in NBA history, you can't write him off yet, Again, we just haven't seen it. And while you're seeing other teams use their first and second year players and they're playing big roles for the team, Bulls fans are still left wondering, what can Daylon Terry be? And that's the biggest question there. I'm not one of the guys. I'm not going to call Daylon Terry a bust. You guys know that because I don't believe that he is quite yet. I I can't call him that. He has not played enough for me personally to call him that. But again, the fact that he hasn't played enough, the fact that we don't play him regularly and have not developed him is another problem in that. And then you have the player in Julian Phillips that we drafted this year. We traded two second-round picks to get him. Again, seasoning down in the G League, haven't really seen him. we got Adama Sinogo, another promising player that we signed as an undrafted rookie who's killing it down in the G League, but we just can't find a way to, to bring that together. But then on top of that, you look at the free agent signings. I talked about the trade for Nikola Vucevic and how that hasn't worked out because, like I said, a mix of his own performance, but also a mix of the roster construction. We haven't really supported him it didn't work. But then look at the signings. Alex Caruso signing hit. We knew what Alex Caruso was. DeMar DeRozan has been everything you need. DeMar DeRozan to be as far as what he's shown in his NBA career. Yes, he's a very flawed defender, one of the worst defenders in the league if we're being 100% honest, but you didn't sign him for that. But then you look at the Lonzo Ball contract and how bad that ended up being for the Chicago Bulls and you know, while some Bulls fans now in hindsight would say, "Well, you knew he had injury concerns. You never should have signed him." The fact of the matter is you even the injuries that he showed, it would have never. You would have never expected it to be like this, to where two and a half years out of basketball, and we just haven't haven't seen him at all. You would not expect that. He was everything we needed to be on the court, but at the end of the day, proof's in the pudding. You have paid him now more to sit on the bench than what you had games that he played for you, and that ended up hurting the team extremely bad. And then now we look at the Zach Levine situation. And while I know some Bulls fans, again, the more knee-jerk reaction-y ones, will say, well, we should have never gave him the max. If you never gave him the max, you would have lost him for nothing. And if you think that losing a talent, no matter how you view it, and Zach Levine for nothing is the best is the best option for the team, you're just an idiot. I'm sorry. Um, but the fact of the matter is they waited too long to move off Zach Levine. Because last year's trade deadline, we had offers way better than what, we're, what we were getting now. I often talk about that New York Knicks uh, offer that was rumored um but at the end of the day they just did not they did not know how to read the room well enough they still their bet on continuity their constant bet on continuity put them in a situation to where they missed out on moving a player when their value was at the best and so that's what when you look at this and those are just things that I can mention right I, there's other things that I can go into like the daniel gafford again the bulls would have never been in a position to pay daniel gafford the contract that the wizards gave him but still I know people look at that the Lari thing I think most of that damage was done by Gar packs, but again, that's another thing that people look at. Overall, we are sitting in a position where the totality of the decisions that you've made have led this team to, while it has some promising pieces and Kobe White, Iowa, who's really showing up, while you got some, uh, you got talent here on this rush. We have talent, but the mix of it never quite got there, and it seemed like the, the, the front office's bet on continuity with the mix of, of ownership, not wanting to pay the luxury tax, it led us to this place now where the Bulls currently just sit in mediocrity. We are fighting for a ninth seed that we have, what, a two-game lead over, I think, on the ninth seed right now. But it's like, this is what we're going for. Uh, a front office that has come in and said that they want excellence, that this Chicago Bulls team deserves excellence, right? That that they want to get back to what the Chicago Bulls should and and, and should mean to the city and, and competing for something meaningful. But this is what you've given us, And so... While a lot of Bulls fans have their hopes wrapped up that that's going to change at this trade deadline, it's not. No matter what they do, even if they do get a much better deal back for Zach than what we expect, it's still not going to probably be enough to turn this team around right now, but it's laying that foundation and groundwork. And now that you have had a young player in Kobe White step up and show you what he can be, and while it's not, yeah, Kobe White isn't this player that you can build around and say, yeah, we just keep building around Kobe, it's going to give us a championship ceiling, No, it's not to say that. But you have a young player and young players that are going to stand up that you now need to show how you're going to help solidify that and continue to develop them. Kobe White turns 24 in February. February 16th, Kobe White turns 24, approaching his prime. We saw the same thing with Zach Levine. Now, while Kobe hasn't been as consistent of a scorer as what Zach Levine had up until that point, you still now got to look at that and ask yourself this, what are we doing? And that is why there's so much turmoil around Bulls fandom so much doubt around what this front office can be so much doubt around ownership because listen we have been a franchise that despite that other than the 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 three repeats and a brief glimpse during the Derrick Rose era and another one very brief glimpse with, with Jimmy Butler we have been a team that is set and been mid for damn near a decade and when you say things like the Bulls fandom deserves more and you don't give us more we gotta stop rewarding mediocrity. And until this front office seems like they are committed to put building that team, because listen, you, you, you rushed it. You rushed it. Could this Bulls team? This Bulls team honestly probably would be the same place they are right now, but with younger pieces that probably aren't getting paid as much. And if 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 the team had built more organically, so better decisions have to be made. And that the for, for the forefront of all of that has to be the front office and what they're going to bring for the Chicago Bulls team. Listen, just reading all that down, this like I said, there's even more that I could get into as far as like bad contracts and things like that, that I just decided not to get into. But we have to, this front office has to want it. And this front office has to start making better decisions. I've laid out many times, you cannot keep missing on draft picks, especially first round picks that you have. Start seeing this team start turning things around. Like I said, it's probably not going to happen at this trade deadline, but Bulls fans are tired. Let's see where it's going to go. Now, we do have a game tonight against the Portland Trail Blazers. Patrick Williams has already been listed as out. The Portland Trail Blazers list, Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon, all listed as questionable, with Shaden Sharp, Moses Brown, and Robert Williams all out. This is the injury bowl. And so, if the Bulls can't win this game, I'm just look, I'm not. I know I usually come in here and I say what the Bulls need to do defensively, what they need to do rebounding, how they need to shoot, how they need to play through certain players. Listen, I'm not even doing all that. You're you're playing the Portland Trail Blazers. If you can't get a dub tonight against Portland, you don't talk to me. Like at, at the end of the day, don't talk to me. Don't don't you you're wasting the fans' time if you can't get a win against the Portland Trail Blazers, considering how hobbled they are. I don't give a damn. I don't care that we're missing Zach. I don't care that we're missing. Patrick Williams. I don't care that we're missing Tory Craig. I don't care that Lonzo Ball hasn't played this season. If you can't beat the Portland da- goddamn Trailblazers today on Sunday, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why what what are we doing out there? So listen, I'm I'm not saying that it should just be a cakewalk. I'm not saying that the Bulls should just overlook it. But if you play with a with, with a monochrome of effort, you should be able to win this goddamn game. Vooch, don't come on now, Vooch, 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 and Drum, both of y'all. This should be games where you guys absolutely effing eat, bruh. What are we doing? I don't want to get frustrated. I'm, I'm frustrated because of the first topic. I need to calm it down. Bulls, just go out there and get a dub. That's it. Go out there and get a dub. This is a game where you should be able to get a dub. Billy Donovan should be able to coach well enough to get your go- – get the get the damn win, man. But in the week, good for Bulls fans. You already started off this road trip 0-2. Go out there and get the win. Kobe, go out there and get us the win. DeMar, go out there and get us the win. Come on, what are we doing? What are we talking about, bro? Go out there and get this dub, y'all. That's all I got to say on that one. Let's go ahead and get into the mailbag. It is Sunday. That means this episode is mainly built around your voicemails. This first one, this one's from Thomas.
2: What's going on, Hayes? This is Thomas from D.C. Always appreciate your content daily. Um, and my thought kind of flash question, comment um, is really to kind of see what your thoughts are. I know you've been talking a lot about the trade deadline coming up and the possibilities. Um, with the Bulls being buyers or sellers. Uh, I was taking a look at the standings, and I was just really taking a look and thinking to myself, uh, regardless if the Bulls are buyers or sellers, um, even if we try to revamp this team, regardless if the Bulls try to remain competitive, looking at the first seven spots in the top of the standings, and I just don't see a trade that is going to get the Bulls better. Or contending. Um, you know, the, it seems like the only spot that we're really playing for is the AC, and which is, you know, Orlando's in that spot right now. We're just pretty much planning to play in. Um, and, um, I'm wondering, you know, what your thoughts are about just, you know, becoming complete sellers and just, you know, I understand we're likely to possibly keep caruso but if we're just playing
1: experience the thrill of march madness if you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home bet the non-stop action of march madness with my bookie enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to twenty five thousand dollars, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets props and odds boosts whatever your style my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000 all you have to do is claim the code bull central but the fun doesn't stop there get up to the minute odds free bets and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on the best part about my bookie you can bet on anything anytime from anywhere use the promo code bull central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today
0: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
2: What well, hc do you think that's really worth it? I kind of have an idea of your thoughts, but just want to check in with you just to see uh what your thoughts were. All right.
1: No trade getting the Bulls back to contending, I think, is fair. And I think if anybody is hoping that the Bulls are going to make a trade that gets them to contending, no. And right now, it's, it's about adding depth. And so, No, the Bulls aren't going to become complete sellers. I've been telling you guys, everything that we've been hearing backs this up. The Bulls are not going to be that team that bottoms out and just sells off all their pieces to get bad. They're not going to do that. That's not in AK's history. Um, When you look at the Denver Nuggets and what they've done since Carmelo left, uh, and not that AK was there that whole time, but again, this team is not going to be that that team that does that. We're not going to turn into complete sellers. And that comes with its own positives and negatives. But like I've said, adding depth to the team, and adding some shooters getting some some more bench de- depth and help and maybe some more size as well as you can that does wonders for this team. Now, wonders as far as still making the play-in tournament because it is going to be difficult for the Bulls to make that and I I think I, I don't think there's enough time left with where the Bulls are unless they get something back in this trade and and just the pieces work and we just go on one of those crazy runs toward the end of the season, I don't really think we're going to catch it. When you look at it, we're we're uh two and a half games behind the Orlando Magic. For the eight seed, that's that's catchable. Uh, we're three games back from the Miami Heat, from the 7th seed. That's theoretically theoretically something that we can catch up. But you know that that team's probably going to play better with the addition of Terry Rozier. The Indiana Pacers, we know that the trade that they made. We're uh, we're five games behind them for the 6th seed, and then you got the Cleveland Cavaliers that we are uh, six and a half games behind them for the for the for the fifth seed. So it's not happening. The Bulls' best bet is to just make it higher in the playing with maybe just maybe if you get lucky in this trade and things go crazy maybe you can get out the plan but I'm not I'm not expecting that but that doesn't mean the bulls should become complete sellers and that doesn't mean that they will and that's what this front office has done they are not going to be that team especially in this draft like that's the thing that I keep pointing to this isn't the draft to try to get worse in and up your draft pick it's just it's not worth it and then we don't own our own draft pick next year outright we still could get it if it's bad enough but I, I don't think that it's it's worth it right now for the Bulls. And that's what this front office is also weighing as well. Like, if this was a draft where if, if Cooper Flag was in this draft, I do think there would be a high possibility of selling up off Alice Caruso for draft picks and drum off for whatever teams would be offering because that is a player that's worth that. You don't really have that in this draft. Like I said, they're, they're, it, after number one, which even then, there's a lot of parity all the way down into, like, number 18. Like, yeah, there are players that are clearly better than others in that draft. I'm not saying not, but, like, the potential, the tip filling on some of those guys is almost equally as high. So that's kind of how you have to look at it as well. But great voicemail, Thomas. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Alex.
0: Hey, what's happening, man? My name's Alex. i uh, been listening to this show for probably three, four months now. And I just want to thank you for what you're doing, first and foremost. And it's been a pleasure to just feel uh, like enjoy the bull season with with you, with Pat the Designer, with guys that love the Bulls as much as I do. So, um, that being said, just two things I want to touch on real quick that I've been really excited about with the Bulls um, that being Kobe White and Io DeSumo. Uh I'll start with Io, that I feel like that man has absolutely found his lane, he's found his identity. Um, I call him the slasher now. He literally is so fun to watch in the open court. Um, just the way he's attacking, getting to the basket. Um, and it's just opening up everything for him, you know, from the outside. He's got way more confidence. So it's just been great to see. And almost like the best thing that could ever happen to Io was having the sophomore slump because I can tell that that man wants it. You know, he wants to be here. He wants to be great. He wants to help the team. So I'm um, super excited about Io And then also, uh, you know, as we all are just pumped, about Kobe, and really my hot take, if anything, is that I believe Kobe is a guy that we can definitely build a franchise around, uh, and here's why, like, just watching him play, the passion with which he's playing with, the, the level of, like, desire and care, like, he wants it so bad, um, not to mention that his, you know, ball handling, his leadership has gotten so much better, um, obviously, he's very streaky when it comes to shooting, but um, just, the way he, uh, even like, kind of his, some of his weaknesses are like, when he gets emotional, like the last two games, both of the runs that, you know, the Lakers went on and that the, um who was it two nights ago? I'm drawing an absolute blank right now. Oh, the Sun. They went on runs after a little, like, skirmishes between, you know, Andre Drummond and Eubanks got into it. And then right after that, some's gone a huge run. Kobe, and uh, I forget who it was in the Lakers, got into it real briefly, and there was a huge run after that. But even Kobe's weakness is that he's an emotional player, and that's why I think we can actually build off of him, because his heart is in it. Um, and I think as soon as we see whatever happens here at the deadline, hopefully with uh, Zach, with Tamar, whatever, that he's going to feel a level of freedom to take over the team leadership-wise. Um, and he's definitely something we could build around. Um, he's not the most talented guy in the world, but I trust that he's going to continue to work on his game. I trust that he's already got the, the heart, the desire that, you know, with him, with Caruso, we can build a team round. The other thing I'll say just while, you know, if it gets played or not, whatever, but I just wish Kobe would stop blaring out to the three-point line on fast breaks, driving me nuts. He's got open layup.
1: I hope building off a of sophomore stuff I think is really good and also having a clear role. What's asked of you of being a, a, a player off the bench in which he hasn't even been playing a lot of point guard off the bench, he plays a lot of wing, right? He's been playing a lot of 2-3 slash three coming off the bench. It just frees up more. And then he's also with the bench unit that defends, they get out in transition, and the Bulls trying to play with a quicker pace in general really does help Io sumo. His great growth has been great. I know that the stat sheet hasn't really grown a lot, but when you watch those games, you understand Io's decision-making, his ability to finish around the rim, how he pushes the pace, how he plays that that defense, it's really been all improved for Iowa Sumu. And Kobe White's heart being something to build, I love how you worded that. Because that is the heart and fire that he has for the game. And what you were mentioning, I think it was Jared Vanderbilt. They got tied up on the floor and like and Kobe kind of just smiled and walked off. And it's like, that's the attitude that that's the type of attitude I like, right? So it was really good it's really good to see that and Kobe really step up and understand how he continues to need to evolve. And he's not done. Kobe can still add to his game now. I don't know if Kobe becomes that clear number one player that you can build around for a team that's going to go deep in the playoffs or anything like that. But he does give you a nice piece that players could want to play with and give you a nice foundational piece as you continue to build out this team. And Kobe's growth this season has been, like I said, it deserves to be the story for the Chicago Bulls this year if it wasn't for the Zach Levine trade drama. But all right, let's get into this next one. This one's from uh, Reginald.
3: Hey, hey, this is Reginald from Columbus, Georgia. Um, I'm not too worried about that Lakers loss because uh, the minute I saw Garrett Vanderbilt hit a three in the first, I was like, yeah, this game is over because you had a team that was making 55% of their three-point shot. You know, we have you don't have the team to take them off. And during the game, I was thinking, why are we attacking the basket more?" And it became apparent well, it's something I realized after the game was over. It's like they're, they're in LA and they're playing just the Lakers, and there's no way the ref going to refs are gonna, you know, call fouls on LeBron James or Anthony Davis when they're attacking the rim. They're not gonna foul out, so that's not gonna happen. So you gotta make your threes, and that's just not what this Bulls team is about. Uh, with regard to the Detroit trade woman I would like to get one of those young guys but the guy I'm looking at most is probably Kay Cunningham and I don't think the Detroit wants to trade him and that's probably like a 99 percent it would never happen but that one percent is he's he's gonna be a free agent after next season he's gonna be on the log and there's no way in hell he's gonna be signed with him for the match just to be a part of another rebuilding team just to go Another 28, 29 game losing streak. I honestly don't think he wants that. I wouldn't want it for him. Uh, but if they're going to move him because of how little he makes, because he's still on his rookie deal, packaging him with, not for Bryan Donovan. I don't think they move By Donovan and Cunningham, but they probably, uh, have something like Joe Harris, Alex Burks, and Kay Cunningham to just, you know, Chicago for Levine and probably throwing Gallinari. Hopefully we can throw in, uh, Javon Carter and let that be it. But, uh, what do you think?
1: Right. Great point. The Lakers hit threes at a much higher rate and percentage than what they have all season long, and it's hard to control that, especially when the things that the Bulls could control in turnovers they had, they had, they had play, terrible turnovers. You have got to be able to to had the Bulls limited the turnovers and been that team that we've seen at times that have had like four or five turnovers for a game. We probably would have still been in that game even with the Lakers hot shooting and us not being able to shoot three pointers at that high rate. But would have could have shoulda on that one, man. It it. It is what it is. You lose some games like that. It was a tough loss, um, but hopefully the Bulls learn, learn and grow from that. Now, as far as Cade, the Bulls aren't getting Cade. And even what you're saying that Cade isn't going to resign, that he's a restricted free agent coming up, meaning that the, the Pistons can match any offer that he gets. And best believe, with how, how depraved of talent that team is, they're matching any offer. So, no, Cade Cunningham will be back in the Pistons jersey. They're not going to let him go. And yeah, even if he doesn't want to agree to that team because he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, that's an unfortunate side effect of being a a rookie and restricted free agency. That doesn't matter yet. So, you know, now he could kind of circumvent it by going and signing an offer sheet with the team on like a two plus one deal that can get him back to free agency sooner, but at the end of the day, he's still going to be and that would be leaving a lot of money on the table as well. Kate Cunningham's going to be back in the Pistons jersey there's no no way that the Bulls get Kate Cunningham. None. And if they do by chance, best believe I'll be here on the on the live stream celebrating the breaking news, but they're not getting Kate Cunningham, brother. But thank you for leaving that voicemail. Let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Shay.
4: Yo, what's up, Hayes? Look, a lot of people were start complaining about, "Oh, the Bulls not making moves." They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Look, I'm going to take it back a little bit. Remember back in uh, 2020 before we made when we made the Nikola Vucevic trade, we also made other trades like bringing Daniel Theis and and Javante Green and other names such as, you know, such as I forgot his name, you know, but I could have missed some, but those type of names, bringing those type of names to the Chicago Bulls, and we did that in one in one day. In one day, another instance, you know, Alonzo Ball, bring Alonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan here. We did those trades, and the point I'm trying to make about bringing up those trades is the fact that we did all those trades in one day. And from what I've heard throughout the years, we had those trades in place. We just need to you know. Know when the right when was the right time to pull the trigger. So, who knows? The Bulls may have something cooked up for the trade deadline. They We just probably don't know, know about it because think about it. AK hears all the whisper, whispers. AK hears all of you guys' fans talking. Or well, he probably may have something cooked up where he probably is going to get Levine and DeRozan up out of here. Or there's a good chance that he might get one of them out of here. Or there's a good chance he might not move move neither one of them and probably move one of the bench pieces either way it goes just chill relax just because we're not our names aren't being brought up a lot of trade rooms like other teams or we're not doing it at a fast pace like you want us to do don't necessarily mean we're not doing doing nothing at the end of the day when you do trades you got to think long term everybody just wants to think short term and hey get this person out there get him for, for some picks, but I think the Bulls are thinking about this in a long time since. Anyway, Tim, so what you
1: think? Please. Bulls having something cooked up. Here's what I'll say with that, and I, I get what you're getting at, Shay, and while you said yes, that year that they traded for Nikola Vucevic, they had these deals lined up, and then they executed them, but you say that they've been hearing fans. Well, they've been hearing fans for two years, and I'm, I'm someone that I believe that the proof is in the pudding. I'm all, I'm all about show me, right? You can tell me all day, show me. So, if this front office comes out at the straight deadline and is making moves, 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 moves and improving the team, you show me. I'm gonna shut the hell up. I appreciate you guys for what you do. Go out there and let's see what the Bulls do. But at the end of the day, they're gonna have to show me and many other Bulls fans before we feel safe in just assuming that they're going to. So let's hope that they do. I, let's like I've said before, I've given them credit. Hearing that they're open to moving Lonzo Ball's contract tells me that the wheels are turning there at least somewhat, right? Let's see what ends up coming of it. Great voicemail, Shay. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. You guys already know I'll be live for the pregame, the halftime hangout, and postgame shows all live on the channel tonight. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I like to in every episode on, go bulls. Love you guys. See red right if you can, y'all. Peace. This
4: has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.